Welcome in to Potty Podcast Cinema. I am Dan. With me as always is Andy. And after a long hiatus of travel, I think it was been it's been two weeks. Oh man, yeah, I, I've yeah. been missing this. Yeah, we we've had so many things, and it took me. I, I, I got back into town like late Friday, and then Saturday okay. we didn't do anything. Like it was terrible weather, which was great. It was I think the high was like twenty eight. So we just stayed inside and just caught up on so much TV. But I'm still so far behind. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because we had some okay. stuff come out this week that I've just not been able to catch up. Uh, but I think I did a pretty good job of getting most of it down. Uh, and then we had a bunch of premieres that came out. So looking forward to some of that stuff. And then movies. Andy, I, you and I were talking yesterday about the movie schedule. Yeah. And this yeah. week, John. Uh, so last week, Shazam came out. I completely forgot about it. Me too. <laughs> and then, yeah. like, from then on, there's like a there's a movie worth watching. Um, you know, depending on taste, every single every single week. So, like this week, we have John Wick four. Now, granted, it's like two and a half hours, so um, have some time available for that. But yeah. like every single week, there's a movie that's like at least some a little bit intrigued by. So, it's I'm excited. I mean, we're in the middle of yeah, towards the end of March. April's coming up, which means also NFL draft at the end of that month, but that's a different podcast. And then just tons and tons of movies that are just constantly coming out. And we had the Oscars, but I'll be honest, I didn't really, I, I don't watch that anymore. I forgot it was on. I don't care. A lot of times yeah. they pick dumb things, although I lo- I liked all their, I like what they picked for this year. You just liked that they, that the, the winners were everything, everywhere, all at once. And all Brendan Fraser. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, yeah, I was did, fine with that. They did do a good job of storylines, because let's face it, they storyline this stuff. And uh, they got Huey Kwan and Harrison Ford together, because Harrison Ford got to read the nominees. That wasn't an accident. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, they didn't know he would, who would win. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, yeah, did certain things like that. I'm trying to remember. Oh, oh, the, the Brendan Fraser uh, thing with, uh, with him, so... Uh, with Kiki Kwan. So he's just a oh, lovely yeah. guy. Yeah. It appears. Yeah, yeah. He just seems like a very lovely man. So, yeah, if you want to go over Oscar stuff, uh, I would say find another podcast. Because I just don't care about, like, they yeah, rarely, yeah. like, it's a lot of pomp and circumstance and patting each other on the back and then picking, like, ridiculous winners. This year they actually picked something that people like, but... Um, Let's... The thing is that they act so much like theirs is the end-all, be-all. And they're like, yours is the least important. Yeah. Because <laughs> if people no one cares about, that represents nobody making the decision. Yeah. Like, Tar got nominated for all these awards. And granted, Kate Blanchett is, is an amazing actor. But I didn't care about it. I kept telling myself I was going to watch it. I still haven't gotten around to it. Um, Yeah, I just, a lot of their stuff is more, like, it's pomp and circumstance. Yeah, they just like to smell their own farts. All right. On that note, let's move yeah. on. Uh, so, what we're watching, we got a ton of stuff. We got to get into it, and then we're gonna finish it up with the Last of Us finale because we still haven't had a chance to go over that on the podcast. So, right off the bat, Cocaine Bear. This is one you especially were looking forward to for a while. I love me some Elizabeth Banks. She directed it. I don't think she's in it, uh, but the cast is pretty dynamite. Carrie Russell, Alden Einrich, O'Shea Jackson, Ray Liotta, Isaiah Whitlock. She she called in all Margot Martindale, yeah. Jesse Tyler Ferguson, yeah. Christopher Hivier, Um and I think that's about everyone I know. Oh, and Matthew Reese is in it too. Yeah, Carrie Russell's husband. Yeah. yeah. You know what? Um, 
it was worth calling in all the favors. Yeah. Did you see it yet? Nope. Been catching up on all the other stuff. And, and I'll be honest, this is kind of I've got other things to get to. This is lower on my. That is understandable. Yeah, I'm but, like uh, it'll be yeah. a Sunday. Um, maybe a, a little tired that perfect. Sunday, and then just throw it on and, and have it. Yeah. This is a perfect hangover. Movie. I'm not gonna lie. It, it just makes you laugh because it's so ridiculous and stupid and funny. And it's uh, <clears throat> how do I explain it? The comedy is in the the gore and the terror. <laughs> like you're like, all right, yeah, why not? Like this is a bear that's really high on cocaine, and it's a whole bunch of people trying to find the cocaine at the same time throughout the woods. It's obviously very loosely based on Pablo Escobar. Mm-hmm. Um, she said, I just wanted to make this movie about what would happen if the bear, whilst high on cocaine, ran into a bunch of campers. Yeah. Because uh, that didn't happen in real life. He didn't run into anybody. Uh, they found him dead from. Yeah, uh, he had a heart attack about an hour of, later. Oh, oh no. It, it, he, every single organ shut down. Apparently. Yeah, that'll every do. Every single organ. <laughs> but he'd also ate 70 pounds of cocaine. And he also started a hedge fund within that time, which is impressive. I'm sure he did. He's got a production company. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was ridiculous and funny and stupid and enjoyable and stupid and funny and stupid. So I I, I recommend it next time you're hungover. It was right. uh, it was a good laugh for me uh, when when you need it. And Elizabeth Banks just I really like her. Yeah. I think she has a good feel for comedy, and this was like a tone. That if she didn't nail it exactly, would have gone too far to horror or too far to comedy and not been good at all. And she just she just nailed it with with just the right amount of a flavor. <laughs> and uh, yeah, anyway, you'll you'll watch it one day and you'll be glad you did. But you don't need to rush to do it. Okay, fair enough. Um, all right, I'm gonna throw some numbers at you. This is a tough one. These are pretty close, but 68 and 71. Oh my god, that's like the same number. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I won't count this against uh, your score, which right. we don't actually uh, keep track of. But uh, yeah. but you 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 you're really good at this, so let's say seventy one audience. Yep, you nailed it. Yeah, okay. seventy one audience, sixty eight percent critic, uh, six point one from IMDb, which is actually a seven point one. So all right in there. I mean, that's a great Sunday that's afternoon right. movie. That's right for it too. That's that's right. Is that what you would give it? Is about a seven? Yeah. 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 I'm totally fine with that. All right. Absolutely. All right. Great. Um, Let's move on. So this one came out. uh, It's a guy Ritchie wrote and directed, and I'll be honest, he's kind of like leaned into ridiculousness a bit, and it's been fun. This is Operation Fortune, and I'm not going to say the French version because it's ridiculous. Special Agent Orson Fortune and his team of operatives recruit one of Hollywood's biggest movie stars to help them on an undercover mission when the sale of a deadly new weapons technology threatens to disrupt the world order. It's got Jason Statham as Orson, Aubrey Plaza, and uh, Bugsy Malone, uh, who plays JJ, are his team. And then they enlist the help of Josh Hartnett, who's a famous action star actor, to uh, infiltrate Hugh Grant's who plays like a terrible weapons dealer, bad guy. He deals in badness uh, to infiltrate because he's a huge fan of Josh Hartnett. Uh, Carrie Ells is their handler, and his boss is Eddie Marzen. So the cast is super dynamite, and it was fun. Did you see this yet? I did. 
<laughs> I did. It feels like um, a silly, cheesy movie based off a silly, cheesy book. Yeah. But I don't think it's based off a book. <laughs> no. No, he wrote it's it. It's an original. Yeah. He did? Okay, yeah. So, uh, I, you know what? I don't feel bad. I, I enjoyed it. I, I did, too. I, I would see a, a sequel. Yeah, I, I had a little fun with it. Yeah. I, I do not have as much distaste for Guy Ritchie as some people do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And uh, I, I don't think he's the greatest anymore. Uh, I think he was. I think he was heading that direction. Yeah. Uh, of being like an amazing director. After Lockstock and, and then, Snatch, he was huge. Yeah. And then totally admit he took a bit of a nosedive. <laughs> uh, well, he did uh, swept away. He finished it up. He he did Lockstock, yeah, Snatch, and then it swept away. Oof. I don't think really anyone cared about swept away. Though. Okay, like, but, like, but then he did Revolver, which was terrible. Did you ever see Revolver? That was bad. Oh. Today. With Jason Statham I I and yeah, really? it's, it was bad, it's huh? in Vegas. Yeah, Ray Liotta, Andre 3000. It was I, I watched it. It was not good. But then he then he did Rock and Rolla, which was great, and it was supposed to have a sequel, but I guess it didn't do it very well. But I loved Rock and Roll. I thought it was really good. We got some Jerry Butler. Uh, we got okay. a young Tom Hardy, and then he did Man from Uncle, which was phenomenal. I, I wish they would do more of that. Uh, too bad one of the people may or may not be a cannibal, but I thought that was really good. Um, then he did so, King. Yeah. Then he did King Arthur, which was. It started off. I was like, "Ooh, this looks like it could be really good," and then it really just kind of took a turn. And I don't know. I, I didn't care for it at the end. Maybe I just got tired, and walked away. But could be that. I don't know. You saw it. and You liked it a lot more, right? I thought it was. I it was fine. I was good. I'd even say good on the high end, but yeah, not great at all. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, it, it was not his best, but I just. I think part of it was I went in with really low expectations because I heard it was the worst movie like ever. King Arthur? And I was like, yeah. Oh, I like, no, bad. I wouldn't say that. Not at all. Yeah. Yeah. It has so moments. I... The thing is, he's so good with sound. Like, doing scenes and saying with sound. Like, the King Arthur, when he's running through, and it's like that. <gasps> like, he did a song, like a, a, a beat to that. And then this one, in the Operation Fortune, the opening, where you're just hearing, like, the yeah. click-clack of Carrie L's shoes, and it, like, sets the tone. Like, it... It immediately draws you into the movie, and there are some things that he is better at than most. Like he is one of the top, and and there's some things he just kind of you know. I mean, he did Aladdin. I didn't see that one because I don't. I don't really care about the live action. Oh yeah, that's that is what it is. Yeah, Gentleman was enjoyable. Enjoyable. I enjoyed that very much. Wrath of Man was not what I thought it was gonna be, but I still enjoyed it. And then Operation Fortune. Like I'm gonna enjoy these. They're I'm gonna go into it being ready to be hurt. But mostly it's going to be, look, this is going to be a a, a, a a 7 to an 8. Like, they're all going to be between 7 and 2 to an 8. His his floor anymore is a is like a 7, and his ceiling is an 8. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. He's, you know, he's a, a fighter in real life. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he does, like, all that UFC stuff. So I think he's just always going to do more fighty fighting movies now because that's his life. He enjoys it. He's doing what he knows, you know, and... I'm fine with that. And, but I, I do think that his, he has always excelled to me with comic level villains. And this was another one where like, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Hugh, Hugh Grant. Uh, he's, he stole it. Man. Oh, he was, he was so great. A good villain. He was so and, great. Yeah. He, he was amazing to watch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you could tell he loved his job uh, in this one. Um, and that's what I think he does so well. Like Jason Statham, he's kind of hit that Wesley Snipes and Blade Trinity kind of thing where like 
his appeal is not breaking character from being the tough guy yeah. and then letting the people around him basically annoy him. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and this was probably in, in, in true Obli Plaza fashion taken a little too far <laughs> at certain times yeah. uh, where I'm like, scale it back just a little. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, some of her stuff, but, but, but for the most part, it was pretty good. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think he's just, I think he's really good at that. And uh, I love the gentleman, by the way. And yeah, I enjoyed there was a, there was rumors of a series, but I think it might have stalled out. Uh, I'm not sure. Okay, well, that'd be too yeah. bad. I mean, I hope not he. Too long ago, yeah, yeah, if he did more of the the thing is, he there's no one better at British gangster movies than Guy Ritchie. And if he just kept making British gangster movies, I would still keep going to see them because they're still good. I enjoyed this one where he de- you know, it's it, it's still gangsters, but he deviates a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah. The upcoming he has there's yeah it looks like the gentleman is in post production of of a TV series, which is interesting. Oh, uh, post, okay. Theo James, Vinnie Jones, um, Jolie Richardson, Kaya Scodelario. I don't know who that is. She oh, looks people familiar. love that girl for some reason. Yeah. Oh, Peter Se- Serafinowitz. I love Peter Serafinowitz. Oh, Jean Carlo Esposito. I'm intrigued. All right. Sarah Penwitz, whatever his name is. Yeah. Uh, he seems perfect for a Guy Ritchie show. Yeah, he does. <laughs> As an opposing British villain. He seems yeah, amazing like at everything, though. Uh, then there's... An, there, he's also have the Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare set to come out in 2024. Um, the, I don't know what it's about, but the cast has got me in. Henry Cavill, then, Alan Richson, uh, Isa Gonzalez, Carrie Ells, um, Hero Finds Tiffin, Alex Pettifer, who I always thought was kind of underrated. I liked Alex Pettifer. Uh, Henry Golding, Till Schweiger. Um, I don't know the other two people in it, but that are listed in here. But I'm kind of already in. <laughs> I agree. That sounds sounds amazing. Yeah. And plus Henry Cavill. Yeah. I'm already I'm already in. It's good news. And actually, we get the Covenant this year, which is pretty interesting. It's uh, follows U.S. Army Sergeant John Kinley, Jake Gyllenhaal, and Afghan interpreter Ahmed Dar Salim. Um, and I think Dar Salim saves us. That trailer is amazing. Yeah, it looks really good. But it's, I think it's basically, it might just be those guys. But I'm also seeing like Alexander Ludwig, super underrated. A- Anthony Starr, who is, everyone realizes he's fantastic now. Um, yeah, yeah. Emily Beecham. Yeah. Uh, so I'm intrigued by this one too. Yeah, I mean, all his stuff, I'm intrigued. Heck yeah. Yeah, no, I can't wait. Um, what would you give, what would you give Operation Fortune? Oof. Yeah. Um, this is going to sound harsh, and I'm only going to say this because I'm comparing it against his movies, which yeah. is, I think, the best way to do it. Yeah. So I'd say, like, 72. Yeah, that's about where I would say, too. I was thinking, like, 73, yeah. but yeah, 72, somewhere in that, that meaty area. Um, Everyone did well at their own part. Uh, Hugh Grant blew it out of the water. Yeah. Um. Aubrey Plaza was a typical Aubrey Plaza character. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, what did you say the other partner was? Uh, what was his name? Uh, Muggsy Malone. Bugsy Malone. Okay. He, he did pretty well. Yeah. He didn't have to speak very much, but he did well. I, I was like, oh, this dude's doing pretty well. I mean, I, if, um, if his name is, if he's going by Bugsy Malone, I'm guessing uh, he's a musical artist of some time. I've not heard of him. Uh, yeah, yeah. But... No, he he did well. Yeah, uh, I thought he did a good job. I, we didn't get as much, uh, what's his name, Josh Hartnett, as I thought. I thought he would be more 
yeah. uh, into the group, but they re he really wasn't. He kind of did his own love affair thing with Hugh Grant, huh? Yeah, for the for the storyline, he really shouldn't have been though. Like, yeah, it was, it that's was, fair. It was the right amount, I thought. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I, I would say it was the right amount. And then I did love the ridiculousness of Jason Statham's character. Yeah. <laughs> like all the wine, all the wine they had to have. and all the, like You spent more on wine than you did on whatever else the budget was. Yeah. For British Empire that year or something. It was funny. They had some pretty funny lines. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty good. Uh, so IMDb gave this a, uh, a 6.4, which is a 7.4 in real life, which is for this movie is solid. It's fair. Uh, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you the two from Rotten Tomatoes. You let me know. Oh, 82 and 52. This should be an easy. Yeah, one. it's easy. Eighty-two <laughs> yeah. fans. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah, yeah. No, it was fun. It was enjoyable. All if they make a sequel, I'll watch it. But it looks like he's got a lot of other movies that I'm interested in coming out. So cool. You know what? That might be the easiest one I've ever done. Yeah, uh, I would have told you. I think I would have told you. I'll give you my car. Yeah, if the, if the critics gave that me too. I will give you my car. How <laughs> crazy would that be if if yeah. Operation Fortune turned out to be a, a critics' darling? <laughs> <laughs> we just love Carrie you. Yeah, <laughs> oh, who doesn't? He's delightful. Right. All right, let's move on. So this is one I I want to see. I just have not had a chance to get around to it. Uh, Boston Strangler. It's on Hulu. Uh, Loretta McLaughlin was the reporter who first connected the murders and broke the story of the Boston Strangler. She and G. Cole, Jean Cole challenged the sexism of the early 1960s to report on the city's most notorious serial killer. It's Matt, uh, written and directed by Matt Ruskin. The cast is Dynamite, mm -hmm. Kira Knightley, Carrie Coon, Chris Cooper, Alessandro Novolo, Rory Cochran, David Desmalshin, uh, Peter Garrity. Um, that's about all the ones I know. But I tell you what, this is... This is such a the cast they got is like, it's not the ones that it was like solid man. Yeah, like none of them are gonna going solid. to be the. You're not gonna put their name on a movie and be like, oh, that's gonna draw people in. But it's all like really, really good actors. Yeah, they're all really good at what they do, and, mm -hmm. and <clears throat> this was a Hulu movie, just like yeah. uh, uh, the Prey that we liked. The oh, movie. I love that movie. Yeah, yeah. Hulu's picking some pretty good ones to put up as their. I mean, they buy the movie already made yeah. and, and get the rights to distribute, distribute it. So it's not like they made the creative decision to make this, but it was a good call. It was another good call. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it very much. I, I, there's, I, I'm not going to give anything away on purpose. Don't want to give anything away. Just on accident. Um, it just, yeah. <laughs> it, uh, it might devolve, devolve straight a tiny bit from, real, from what really happened or, or what we think we know really happened. So uh, I don't some people might, you know, anytime something's based on real history and they do anything slightly different, people lose their minds. Uh, don't be that guy. <laughs> Watch it. Enjoy it. It's good. Didn't research it after. It's kind of worth and a little fun to, to delve into and research after. Um, but these two women really did do what they do. And uh, it's worth watching. That's all I'll say. I thought it was. I, I don't know if everybody will feel the same way. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, what would you give it? Uh, oh, man, I, I, uh, what would you give Mindhunter? The, the TV show? Nin 95. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Really? That high? No, 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 no. I'm saying, I'm, I'm trying to compare it to like maybe Mindhunter or something. Oh, okay. Like I mean, and Mindhunter, I think I give a 10. I would give a 10 to Mindhunter. <clears throat> yeah. So, so maybe this is just under an eight. Okay, I that's that's respectable. Just that's solid. Right, right. Yeah, like it's 
Because it's more, it's kind of more a reporter than it is a crime. It kind of goes between all of that. It's, it's really more about following the two women reporters' lives. So if you go in thinking you're watching this amazing crime noir, kind of not. <laughs> if you think you're going to watch the show about the uh, how news works and everything, you're kind of not. But you're going to get a little bit of all of that. Okay. You know what I mean? So, um, and, and then, you know, with a nebulous ending, like is going to happen, um, you usually don't like those, specifically you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't typically no, like no, those. you're right. So I don't. I don't know how you'll feel about it, but I, yeah, I thought it was just under an eight. Okay. And the acting is just top notch. Yeah, I figured. Okay. Um, IMDb gave it a 6.5, which is a 7.5 in the real world, just shy of where you gave it. And I'm going to give okay. you two scores, and you let me know. <laughs> Uh-oh. All right. 75 and 64. I, I think this one might challenge you. Yeah. Because I, yeah. I don't know who would prefer it more, audience or, or critics. Mm, I mean, it's Carrie Coon, so I want to say critics are going to like it more, but the ending, ooh, I don't know, man. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you, this is a wild ass guess, but I'm going to say audience liked it more. Yeah, you were right. Yeah, 75% from audience, 64 from critics. Man, you were. This, yeah, like, if this ever becomes a competitive sport, you are going to be the Tom Brady in that you're very old and you're still playing the game. There it is. Uh, (laughs) let's move on uh so this show i've been kind of telling you like i still don't know i I can't tell where it's going uh i can't tell what's going to come of it i'm kind of lost on not lost in the show but like the the future is so nebulous like i just don't know what's going to come of it but i'm enjoying it um it's on apple tv plus hello tomorrow um in a retro futuristic world, charismatic salesman Jack Billings leads a team of fellow sales associates determined to revitalize their customers' lives by hawking timeshares on the moon. Um, it stars Billy Crudup, Hanifa Wood, who I've not seen before but is amazing in this, uh, Allison Pill, Nicholas Podney, uh, who plays Joey, who I've not, I don't think I've seen him before, but he's been really good. Okay. Uh, Duchesne Williams as Herb Porter, who's a character I've never seen that character before and it shouldn't work, but he is fantastic at it. Uh, Hank Azaria, okay. who's amazing at everything. Matthew Marr, who's really good, and I'm interested to see where he goes. Jackie Weaver, who's incredible. W. Earl Brown, who's always incredible. Dogmara Dom- Dominic. I can never say her name. Um, yeah. Michael Harney. There's quite a few people. Um, Frankie Faison's in a bit. Do what? <clears throat> I don't think I've seen Dogmara yet, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I don't think I have either. She plays someone named L. The problem with her is she'll show up, and I'm like, I, I could watch a whole movie. Like, oh, that was Doc Martin. Didn't register. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I get it. Um, how uh, many you, episodes you are look. you into this? So there's ten episodes in the first season. I have not so only two. You've seen so two. Only two. Okay. Yeah. I think Anita I would just so you know she's from Murderville and she's phenomenal. Oh really? I could. I, she, yeah, it's yeah, pretty funny. She's always seems. I mean, she's in a ton of stuff, and she's always seems like she's pretty awesome. Um, I am. Let me see. We are, I think we are four episodes in. Yeah, we are four episodes in. Oh, I think Dogmara shows up in the next episode. Uh, okay. Yeah, I don't want to say too much because I'm only two episodes ahead of you, but there's a lot that that gets revealed, or a little bit that gets revealed more and more every episode. Um, how, how do you feel about it so far, two episodes in? I mean, I like it. Yeah, <clears throat> I think my sorry for golf. I think my biggest issue was not not an issue. This is not even an issue. I think when I was going into it, I could not t- I could not tell at all what it was. Like to me, 
it kind of felt like so so i don't know if you've ever been to disney world um yeah but they have a, uh, an area called the world of tomorrow mm-hmm. and there's this whole you know i'm gonna do air quotes ride <laughs> where it, it was basically a moving theater where there was a theater in the center and the and the audience basically moves in a slow circle around it so you go to different time eras like every 10 years and it was based on what they thought the future would look like all the way back in like 1950 or whatever when they built it so it's kind of funny you know some of it's funny and someone's like "Ooh, they got that one you know and uh it kind of felt like they were doing that in fact to the point that i was like is this a disney show you know did they are they making their money off their ride you know and uh i couldn't tell if it was real or not like in the trailer i'm like so was he selling tickets to the moon? People are really going to the moon and then they're doing it. Or is it like all uh, an interesting conspiracy where he sends people who think they're on the moon, but they're not really on the moon. <laughs> like, I, I just can't tell what it is. And and now I'm like two episodes in, I still don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I saw something that happens in the first one where I'm like, okay, that's kind of what I thought. Yeah. But, but it doesn't explain all this other crazy futuristic stuff that's going on. Yeah. You know? So I'm like, why can't that be real if these other things are true? So, like the floating car. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, so obviously we have tech so maybe that's different than normal, so maybe we could do it. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know where this is going either, man. I'm with you. It's kind of, it's. I think it's going to be more of a father-son show and a guy trying to be right by his kid kind of a thing um, to try to make himself feel better about having, you know, not been a part of his life, but I, but I don't know. Yeah. Well, and the way he's doing it is so peculiar. And then, you, yeah. you know, in a little bit, you'll see, like, his relationship with his mother, which is, all, like, there's just a lot of peculiar relationships. Like, everyone's kind of, I don't know, everything's a little bit just slightly off kilter. Kind of like the world, because it's kind of like the 50s, but then kind of like the Jetsons. Like, everything's a little bit more developed. Yes, so Jetsons is kind of what I was thinking. Yeah, about. so everything is everything is just slightly off. And uh, I think that just kind of, I think that kind of sets the tone for this, just for how he's, you know, Billy Crudup's character is slightly off. He seems like this nice, outgoing, you know, together guy, but there's something kind of slightly off. Like, everyone has something that's slightly off. Uh, Even even Hank Azaria, who is, who lets you know exactly who he is, he's got the gambling thing, and he's slightly off, like everyone kind of is. But how about the AI? Like, the Dallas crazy tech, but in the very beginning, this like a delivery truck just murders this woman. Yeah. Like backing into her, like opening scene. I'm not getting yeah. away. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, okay. So we're in a world where it feels like everything's futuristic and amazing, but it's maybe not so necessarily amazing. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah this is, it's an interesting, for, for nothing else, points for originality. Um, I'm, it's yeah, it got me I intrigued. Think. I mean, it, it, it's got me keeping, wanting to come back and see more. I think the episodes are pretty short. I think they're only like 30 minute episodes. I think you're right. Yeah. So it's um yeah, it's a good it's a good amount of time too because it, it I mean it 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 unloads a lot of information and exposition on you. It really does. And then yeah. so the time frame it, it could if it was an hour it would be by the time you got done you're like, "Oh, I need to take a break." Whereas I think right now I can binge, I'll binge like two and then I'll take a break. Yeah, that's probably a good way to do it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, Billy Crudup He's doing so well. Yeah. Everybody so far is doing a really good job, but Crudup for sure. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, every time I see him, I'm like, why don't I see him more? <laughs> I mean, the thing is, <laughs> like, you do. Really you good, just but... don't. Uh, he just yeah. always looks different. Like, 
if you said like I mean he's most notably for me he'll always be the guy he'll be Russell Hammond from Almost Famous he doesn't even Almost look famous, like that yeah. guy or he was Doctor Manhattan you know he doesn't even look like that guy and so he just always looks different in everything he's in Public Enemies yeah 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 he's he's always he's always great but yeah that's I'm just always surprised that he's not an even bigger star like, yeah how does everybody not know this dude's name like. I think he a likes lot of to pick. Who really like movies, but there's a lot of people who are like, who if you said Billy Crudup, they'd be like, who? He also likes to pick yeah. smaller stuff. Like uh, looking at his last couple of movies. Yeah. Like since before Hello Tomorrow, I think he's. It looks like he's going to be in the morning show. He was in something. He was the narrator in oh, yeah. Die in a Gunfight. I've never heard of that. He was. <laughs> uh, Where do you go, Bernadette? I have not heard of that. After the wedding, I have not heard of that. Like he just kind of picks some weird stuff. He's in Alien Covenant. Really? But like, yeah, he's in Alien. Yeah, well, I know. I don't even remember, don't remember him being in Alien Covenant. He played Orem. I don't even remember him being in that. It must be a voice. Uh, it's been a while since I've watched Alien Covenant. Man, that cast. Good Lord, look at that cast. Michael Fassbender, Catherine Watterson, Billy Crudup, Danny McBride, Damian Bashir, who I love. Um, Jesse Smollett, but we don't have to talk about that. <laughs> I need to go back okay. and watch the. Yeah, the, I still liked all those. Yeah, so he just picks, like, kind of indie movies. But, yeah, I'm intrigued by Hello Tomorrow. I don't want to say the scores yet just because we're, we're still yeah. so early on into this. So, instead, let us move on to the finale of the season and possible of the series, uh, Mayor of Kingstown. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's do it. All right. What do you got? It was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it, uh, we had a little talk about this offline here for, for a minute where I said, you know, it's, it's really interesting. It, it, it didn't wrap up everything. There were definitely a couple of things that were mm-hmm. left open. Um, but there was this interesting narration at the end by Jeremy Renner's character that really felt like it wrapped up the whole series in a way that like, Sopranos it's like it doesn't stop you know what I mean like like we're not going to solve crime and the prison system and the gang system and the corrupt politicians like that's not how this is going to end yeah it doesn't get solved <clears throat> it kind of ended in a way where he's uh where it felt like the voiceover could have been filmed later after they'd conceived it and after the accident and they realized that it's going to be it's over yeah uh, there was enough of a finale of certain things that you can go okay this character even though he's a villain kind of took off into the sunset you knew he was going to get away with some stuff right these characters kind of got what they had coming these characters are just kind of going to go about their daily lives but he got everybody out of prison that he needed to yeah you know, he got payback on the guy that tried to hurt him Th- those kinds of things so I think it was. I think they redid that voiceover as a, to to turn it into a series finale. Yeah. Even though they filmed it as a season finale. Yeah. Um, is that how you felt? Yeah, I, I'm with you too. There's, like the narration at the end felt different because his voice even sounded a little bit different um, when he was doing the narration. I was like, it oh, sounds point. like okay. Jeremy Renner, but it kind of sounded like the brother at the same time. So, um, yeah, it seems like they did that. Also. The thing is, you see the boat go away, and you see the boat blow up. And if you haven't seen this, I mean, obviously, we're going to spoil some stuff. So fast forward about yeah. two minutes. But um, when you see the boat go away, it blows up. You're like, oh, okay, well, that's the end of Milo. And that's probably what needs to be the end of Milo. Because, honestly, I hated the storyline of 
Milo's got, you know, $14 billion in bearer bonds that Mike has possession of, and they're going to trade it for Iris, who, man, I was ready for her storyline to end a long time ago. And she kind of, she, she, a lot of the grief was of her own making. And so I was just kind of ready for her to go away. And I, I don't I know, like that was the only leverage Milo had for $14 billion in, or million dollars <laughs> in bearer bonds. Million. Yeah, sorry, million dollars in bearer bonds. Um, so I was, I was kind of done with that. I, I was kind of ready for Milo to go away because then that meant that Iris could get away. And I was just kind of done with that. Um, you see the boat blow up. So you think he dies, but then you see, he calls, um, the madam of his, uh, club and brothel. And he's like, I'm coming for you. Cause she died. She let him know what was, she let Mike know what was going to happen. Um, that's right. So there were some parts where I felt like they had to kind of scuttle and figure out some stuff in case it needed to be the series finale. So I'm not going to take points away from that. Um, but overall, I thought it was fantastic. I thought they did a good job of wrapping up to the point where, like you said, if this is the series finale, it's good. I got I got as best as I could hope for with that situation. Um, and if not, yeah, maybe we get it. I mean, we may not get season three for another two to three years. And if somehow there's someone here who doesn't know what happened, Jeremy Renner was horrifically injured in an accident. Yeah. And who knows if he'll act again. Yeah. So he, he done, <clears throat> at least for a few years. Yeah. So, Unless they, like, shoot him in the leg, like the opening scene of season three. Legs. And But that yeah. kind of – but that also kind of makes it, like, how is he going to get around – you know, like, his whole thing is him, lone wolf, going from place to place, constantly in a hurry, never stopping, motion's always moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mentioned I could see almost like a Lincoln lawyer situation where he gets his brother to be his driver and he's like driving from place to place. And yeah. that way they could kind of film it with him sitting a lot. You know what I mean? And doing everything via phone, pulling up, rolling down the window, holding a gun out the window. Those kinds of things where it's like, okay, like we got a little bit of tense moments in action, but he he didn't even have to stand up. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and I think the audience would be somewhat forgiving in, in some of those situations, though at the same time it's like if you got to do that and you ended well, just go and end it. Like, yeah. it's not the end of the world, you know? Um, and it wasn't, if it had ended in a horrible cliffhanger, I'd have, I'd have been like, let's burn it all down. <laughs> We're going to go puppet master, uh, Jeremy Renner. We're going to CGI some other, his face on some other actor. Like we've got to end this because it's so good. But this was kind of like terriers where I felt like, okay, I don't think this is where they wanted to end it. But they pivoted last sure. second and did a really good job of it. Yeah. Um, and this is a show that had a pretty good... You know, there are some shows where you won't get a seat. Like Perry Mason, we'll talk about that later. It's, it was three years in between season one and season two. Uh, this one, it the finale of season one was January 9th, 2022. The premiere of this one was January 15th, 2023. Oh, I'm sorry, 2021. So it was two years. It was two years. I thought I was gonna say that was fast, but for a pi- and that's because COVID. They filmed the first one through COVID, and they had to wait a little bit. Yeah, and Plus st- Taylor Sheridan has a few things going on. Yeah, and they had to see like if this was gonna do well first, and so. But I thought they did it. Yeah, they got. I mean, it didn't feel like it was super long time between the last one and this one. Um, but yeah, it's gonna take a while. That's a shame. Um, I, this is gonna be bananas, but the. The two scores, 42 and 92, like those are chasms of difference between critic and audience. And that's, you know, 
<clears throat> I've noticed that critics hate Taylor Sheridan now. Oh, so really? He he apparently has come out. I don't want to say Republican, but conservative. But yeah, conservative, and he's getting a lot of flack for that. Like he bought some enormous ranch in Texas, and a lot of his shows are all filmed on the same ranch, and he actually owns it and lives on it. And he's become a bit of a cowboy himself in real life. Well, he's and always, so, yeah, he's always kind of, it looks like he's always been kind of that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, I agree. And and uh, I think that, yeah, I think that now they're like, well, he's just macho Jack Reacher type guy. Like, because especially with the um, Sylvester Stallone one that was considered, you know, macho problematic type of a show. Mm-hmm. And then Yellowstone, of course, from what I hear is, is quite... <laughs> What's the word, macho? Yeah. <laughs> uh, male, what, what's the one they don't like? Male. Uh, uh, toxic. Male. To- uh, so, yeah, yeah. Male toxicity. Yeah, yeah. And uh, toxic masculinity. That's it. Yeah, there it is. And uh, and so I think he's got that stigma now. So he's just, I think, and because you can't say this is a bad show. This no. is an amazing show. Even if you wanted to say there's critical elements of it that could have been better, uh, 40 is a joke, right? I mean, that's yeah. a joke. He, he's uh, this should be worst case in 80 and like fans, I would think will be at like a 95. So like, there's no, yeah, this is a great show. Everybody should watch it if they can handle the darkness. And and he um, might, I, I would have that copy. Of. And he might reek of toxic masculinity because that's a thing. Like the, the bros, yeah, that's a thing. And you do, and that's yeah, obnoxious, sure. but I, judge the, judge the, Judge the thing on its, you know, on itself, and not for the showrunner. Yeah, judge it on its content. But um, let's move on. So we forgot American Auto came out, like the second season, because yeah. Lord, Lord, well, we don't watch the Big Four. Although we say the Big Four, it's kind of going to the streaming of the Big Four now. But like NBC, ABC, CBS, Fox. We, I mean, other than American Auto and Abbott Elementary, I don't really think I watch any of those shows anymore. They're mostly just singing competition shows now on there. Um, or ABC. I didn't even know about Lucky Hank being a thing until that's, the first episode had already aired. That's not ABC. That's AMC. That's what said AMC. Oh, AMC. yeah, but that's not one of the big yeah. four. Like FX still has stuff. AMC. I think it's one of the. I think those are the five biggest networks that don't have a streaming service, unless AMC does, and I don't know about it. Um, I believe they. Yeah, yeah, you might be right, but uh, anywho, so. American Auto, it came out, and I don't know if it's going to do very well. I think we talked about this before where they had Andy Richter as well. and um, Ryan Reynolds on it. Uh, it's It got a second season, but here's the thing. The first season was like 10 episodes long. Let me see. It was, yes, 10 episodes. The second season, I think, is only like 13 episodes. Yeah, it's 13 episodes. So they're still not sure if they like it. Like the network still isn't. I enjoy it. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> it. Yeah, it's from Justin Spitzer. Uh, I didn't see the one yesterday. Okay, just solid. You saw that one too. <clears throat> yeah, it's like a it, what's it called? Like not a bottle episode, but kind of. It, it, it takes place off site, mm-hmm. and it was. It just feels like they were like, you know what we want to do? Let's just do this. Like the writers, I mean, like like it just. It, you'll know what I mean. You'll see what I mean when I when it happens, but. It's uh, it's called a, a a night out, I think, and it's like a group going out together for a night out, mm-hmm. and that felt very much like that's just where, like the writers were like, let's just all go on a night out, <laughs> let's let's knock out this American Auto thing, see how we can salvage this show, 
hey, we can film it at somebody's house, and that's uh, that's the whole episode. Like, okay. <laughs> we don't even need a set. Like, yeah, like, but I know that all sounds negative, but it, like, it worked out well. So, it's a uh, it's an interesting show. I, I really think it's funny. I think it, a lot of these individual characters are hilarious, um, especially her assistant. Uh, so I, I I hope we see I hope we see the show go on. Yeah, yeah, I yeah I enjoy it quite a bit. I think it's fantastic. And what's crazy is it has good scores. Um, so I'm gonna give you two. You let me know. Seventy three and a hundred. Oh God. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, I'll give you the IMDb one too. So it's a six point three, which is a seven point three in the real world. So it's matched right on the nose with either the audience or the critic. Critics. Well, then I was going to say, yeah, that's got to be the audience then. <laughs> and I'm glad you said that because I think I was about to get my first one wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so critics are 100? Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's, that's surprising. It's... Because IMDb, IMDb plus one, you and I, as we've been doing this, like it's pretty often dead on to the audience. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's audio, the, the critics have no correlation score to the to the IMDb score I've noticed. So oh, yeah, yeah, man, that's uh, interesting. Uh, but is that like one review? <laughs> like, um, it doesn't show how many reviews, so that's not helpful at okay. all. Uh, but okay. that's weird. Yeah, yeah. Usually they show that like a breakdown. But yeah, it's a well, shame. I the mean, cast is phenomenal. It's the same kind of humor as Superstore, which I loved. Yeah, I, I worry about it. I hope it keeps going because it's such a good show. It's so much fun. Can I, can I throw out one funny line from this episode? Please. Or do you want me to say it? No, uh, from the one that just aired yesterday? Yeah. Then no, you cannot. Okay, I won't. All right. <laughs> but it's so great. I'm sure it is. I'll find out yeah. about it later tonight. Yeah. Uh, no, you will. Speaking right. of things I'm going to watch later tonight, Abbott Elementary no. uh, continues to okay. be amazing. So I caught up on that except for, of course, we have the episode today. And then, so the last one we got was Teacher Appreciation. No, we got Festival. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, festival. and we got, remember last week, or last time we talked, sure I was like, you know who I want back is uh, Zach yep. Fox. And we got Zach Fox. What's his, what was his name on the show? Uh, oh, man. It starts with an M. Uh, Not Maurice. That's the guy she dated. Oh. Oh, yeah, you're right. No, what, what was the other guy's name? Um. I can look oh it up. God. I can look. I know. I forgot about it. He's so great, too. I know. The actor's name is Zach Fox, I believe. Okay. I, Tariq. can't remember. Yes, Tariq. Tariq, yeah. Yeah. So he comes <laughs> back, which is fantastic. Um, and the, the thing that made it great was because Quinta Brunson's character brings it up and says, maybe we could call him. We could get some people. And it's weird because she's trying to, she's trying to date. I don't. I still don't know what they're. At this point, I'm like, guys, just get to it. Like, I don't understand why you're taking so long. But uh, yeah. uh, Jesse Tyler Ferguson, not Jesse Tyler Ferguson. <laughs> that's the guy from. That is a hell of a twist. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I keep going all the episode cast list, and it's just giving me like a the the kids' names. Um, he just won an award uh, too. You're talking about Tyler James Williams? Yep, that's him. Yeah. Greg? So Gregory? Yeah, Gregory. Yeah, that's why I was it was throwing me off is Gregory and Tyler James Williams. So uh so the fact that he called Tyreek to come 
is great. And Tyreek, like things didn't work out in New York, so he's moving back. And so um, that was kind of the thing. We we actually talked about that. He comes back, and we were saying maybe he's famous, and now he's wanting to get back with Janine. And she's like, oh, man, now he's got money, and I put all that. You know, I was the one with him when he was broke, and I did all that work, and now he's actually got money. But she likes Gregory. So, I don't know. I thought they might do something like that. But did I'm glad that Tyreek is back. Do what? Did they say? Did they say he has money? No, they. He does not. He's trying to move back to Philly because things went poorly in New York, from what I understand. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> oh my God, <clears throat> that was my favorite line of the entire series. And the post credits where he's talking to everybody to the to the camera, and he says, "Hey, uh, anybody got a car? I need to ri- <laughs> I need to ride to my house in New York, and then I need to come back with a lot of my stuff." In New York. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That was the best line. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then I ride back with all my stuff in it. <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah, I can't wait to watch more of that, dude. Yeah, yeah. I don't see that he's got stuff coming up, which is a bummer, because I like... He's he's awesome. Um, so good, man. Yeah. Yeah, so that continues to happen. They they were able to fight off the charter for a little bit longer. Um, but, man, this show is... It's, it's so fantastic. And we've only got... I think we're coming close to the end of the the season aren't we we've got it should be 22 episodes and the one today is the 20th so we have three episodes left i don't care for that at least with 22 episodes a year you don't have to wait long for the next season that's true yeah because <laughs> no, i think the first yeah. season we only got like 12 we got 13 episodes yeah so all right uh, yep that's a great show moving along party down right. the third season Oh, this might be the best. This most recent uh, episode might be the best episode they've ever had, which is crazy because it's the it's the third season. Yeah, the Sting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The prize winners luau. Which so this is a real thing that the apparently the police have done several times. When there's warrants, they'll issue out like, "Hey, you've won a free prize," and they'll come down and they arrest them. Um, have you never seen Serpico? Serpico? Yeah, long, long time ago. Yeah, it's one of the most famous shows in the world. Yeah, that that's one of the main main scenes in that show. Is it? Oh my god! Is, uh, is, yeah, is they give out free uh, Chicago's Cubs tickets to random fans, and they all come down there. And Serpico sees. It's kind of how they set up that Serpico is like he's a hardcore cop, but a heart of gold. It's like a whole opening scene, and he sees this guy who's really excited about winning the tickets just so he can take his son and his son's with him oh. and so he's like sir sir you need to come with me if there's been a mistake you you didn't win the tickets and he's like no no i have to my son won't live with me without you know i have to and he's like begging to go back and be arrested and he's like no and he's like having to like gut-wrenchingly tell this guy in front of his son that he's a loser you didn't win these tickets get the f out of here yeah because he's really trying to save his butt i have not seen that movie and, i think since like, yeah. high school or college so yeah, famous scene. Yeah, but that that that's all based on something that did really happen. Yeah. Also, they, they uh, and they and continue this was to do early eighties. Yeah, or late seventies. Yeah. Yeah, I forget what it was. yeah, it was, it was yeah, the seventies. Yeah. Um, but this one's great. So yeah, they're at the luau for Deadbeat Dads, uh, and the <laughs> and uh, so funny. Yeah, Bobby Monahan. I mean, I'm trying to Judy Reyes. Um, they're part of the the team, the undercover team, uh, that are arresting these guys in the tent. Uh, but the best part is, uh, I think it was Jennifer Garner's like, yeah, I, I got some mushrooms and she shows up mushrooms, yeah. and it's an, it's an insane amount of mushrooms. 
And so they're all on mushrooms. And the best is Martin Starr's never done them. He's like, I don't want to do them. They peer pressure him into doing drugs. And then he's like, he notices everyone looking at him. And like, it seems like he's freaking out. And then you realize, oh, no, there's actual police sting going on. And he's doing that. Uh, meanwhile, Zoe Chow's character is making this inedible uh, thing out of food, but just looks amazing. And the only one that gets it is Martin Starr. Uh, and I love. What even is it? Uh, it yeah, yeah, yeah. What even is it? Exactly. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, and then I love how Adam Scott, he's, every time he's like, hold on to the bar, and the one Debbie Dad's like, I'm on it, and he just like hops over the bar, like, he's so ready to like, every time, just like, takes over the bar, and uh, this was, <laughs> you're right, I forgot about that, <laughs> yeah, this was, this, I, I forgot all the stuff, and then uh, Tyrell Jackson Williams, Saxon, who, I mean, that, that, wow, that guy doesn't get more work is beyond me, he is phenomenal, um, he's amazing, and then he's just like freaking out. He's like, I'm in the blue toe where they're like trying to find him. And he's like freaking out. <laughs> this was, we laughed so hard at this episode. This was one of the best episodes of Party Down I think they've ever had. I agree. It was absolutely amazing. And what's Martin Starr's character's name? I always forget. Uh, Roman. Roman. Roman being the one guy that's like on to the police. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That was so funny. And they're like giving him this crazy look and then running into the tent. He's like, oh my God. <laughs> well, at first it seems like he's just crazy. paranoid because like he just sees these people looking at him out of the corner and then they're like, they're not staring at him. And, and he's uh, never been on mushrooms. Yeah. Like, yeah. And so you're like, oh, he's just high. Oh God, just such a well-written episode. It was so great. I'm so glad. Uh, that- I cannot believe they brought this back over 10 years later and it's just as good, if not better, as it used to be. So I've been going back and rewatching the first season. Yeah. It's like it never missed a beat. Yeah. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. It's almost, it's jarring in a good way watching like Adam Scott 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. Like he's so much younger in the scenes, but like the performance is the same. Uh, It's, I don't know. All of them. Ken Marino. Yeah. All of them. Yeah, Jennifer Garner. I like the addition of her. I don't understand why she's yeah, there she's exactly, but I like it. She's done a good job. Well, they had to replace Lizzie Kaplan, yeah, in the show, um, and they wanted that love interest for Adam Scott because that keeps it kind of interesting. Yeah, no, I get that, yeah. but like, I don't understand why her character is like just keeps showing up. Yeah, at the uh, the neo Nazi party. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I I, I like it. Yeah, I like it. She's she's done a, she's done a, I like Jennifer Garner and it's funny because like she kind of gets she it seemed like she took some time off like to be a mom and stuff and then can't try to come back and it was just I feel like boy that um, Electra movie really just did a number on her career she just she could just never bounce back from that and I think she's super talented she is I mean I even saw what is arguably just a just a horrendous movie one day like Peppermint. Did you watch Peppermint? Ago. Is it Peppermint? I did. I did. <laughs> it looks. And so you're bad. like, you know what? She she can pull off somewhat tough from time to time though too when she gets in good shape. Yeah. Like, she got ripped for that movie, dude. Like she got she was not in money shape. She got ripped for that movie, and uh, and you're like, oh, okay, okay, I can see it. Like yeah, but I think just she became like America's mom for a while there you know when she took those like you said like five six years off whatever of acting and if she did do a movie it was like a religious sweet movie or a hallmark hall of fame movie everything where she was like i really feel like like, or she she was was in draft day which was 
even then, the Browns are terrible. How long ago was that, though? <laughs> How long ago was that, though? Draft like day was 2014. Yeah, she was in like two minutes of it, right? Uh, no, she was she, in a good portion. Up there at the beginning, and then she shows up like halfway through, and you find out she's like an owner's daughter or, or a no, she's or a COO or something. No, she's the uh, she's the cap draft person, the cap salary cap person, and she's oh, his she's salary cap person, and okay, she's okay. his his girlfriend, and she's pregnant, and Vontae Mac okay, or, yeah. or, or nothing. If only you had a better memory of it. Uh, <laughs> well, because I watch it once a year when draft starts coming around, and then I'm like, why did I do that? Uh, she was awesome in The Kingdom. The Kingdom was an awesome movie. That came out in 2007, though. She was really good in that. that yeah, was great. that's just a great movie. I don't movie think anyone's general. seen it. That and, and, and Juno came out at the same time. Um, and Juno yeah, was the highly taught one, which it was good. I hadn't seen something like that. It was kind of neat. But yeah, The Kingdom one was... I loved that one. That one was great. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why more people hadn't seen this that movie. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's a shame because that one's phenomenal. Um, all right, let's move on because we kind of went down a rabbit hole there. Um, so the next one is Daisy Jones and the Six, and I've not seen this. You have not seen any of it. None. All right. I Get- heard about it as a podcast. Like they kept advertising it every day. Anytime I'd listen to a podcast, that would be in it. But. I'm going to listen yeah. to the podcast after this. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I think I want to rather watch the show. I love it. It is great. And the thing is, you'll be... All right, then. Yeah. It, it's, the cast is great. Sam Claflin is great. Riley, Riley Q. Um, boy, she's I tell you what. She, because she's really, really good. Um, she's she a really good, good actress. Good and I think everyone does their own singing, but I have no idea. Don't quote me on that because I have no idea. But it seems like at least Riley Q is doing her own stuff. But she's great. Oh, Sam wow. Claflin, Suki Waterhouse, uh, Camilla Marone, Maroney. I never heard of her, uh, but she's really good in this. And um, Lauren was telling me this was uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's most recent, the girl he most recently dumped. And I guess she turned twenty five, <laughs> and so it was time. Yeah, to, I heard that. It, yeah, <laughs> but and I was like, okay, maybe she. And she's like a model or something. I was like, okay, maybe they put her in for that. Nope, she's. She, like it takes her a second for her character to become more uh, pertinent to the story, but man, she gets really good. Uh, but it's, I mean, a lot of these people I've never heard: Will Harrison, Josh Whitehouse, Sebastian Jacone. But they're all fantastic. Tim Oliphant's in a little bit. Tom Wright, who I've not seen things in a while, is in it. Um, this one girl I've not seen, heard of her before, Nabia B. Um, she's incredible in it. I don't know how much she's going to be in it. Oh no, she's. I think she's part of the band. But uh, okay. we just let's see what episode we binged like three episodes last too. night, and I think there's only there's eight episodes out so far. So I think it comes out on Fridays. There's, yeah, he's in it a little bit. I think he ends up being in it more. But um, so there's seven episodes out episode. so far. We have seen five, and. It's going to be hard not binging it. Dude, It not only is it good, but the music of the band is also really catchy. Especially, like, you're kind of seeing, the, you know, the boys have their band. They're coming out of Pittsburgh. And Daisy Jones has her own story, and she's trying to do her thing. And finally, they've kind of come together. And the first song they have that comes together, like, Lauren and I were singing it, like, the rest of the evening. Like, it was stuck in our heads. <laughs> and I even put, yeah, I looked them up on Spotify because the music's good. Um, this is a good show, Andy. You need to watch it. It's got potential to be between a nine and a ten. 
Wow. Okay. All yeah. Right. Well, I will be giving it a shot. Uh, let me just look at some scores real quick and see what we got. Um, so on IMDb, it's a 7.9, which is an 8.9, like a 9 in real in the real world. Yeah. This, But this is confusing. So on Rotten Tomatoes, it's uh, a, they're pretty close. I'm just going to let you know you haven't seen it. 71 from critics, 77 from audience, which is crazy. I would give this, I mean, I don't know. There are a few parts that drag a little bit, but they're pertinent to the story. Like you you have to have that part because I think it's 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 setting up for later and it's kind of interesting because the way they're doing it is kind of like a behind the behind the music kind of thing where they're talking to each person 20 years later um from like the band's last performance this is all stuff you find out in the first five minutes oh okay and so they're talking to each person and so you can't even so and they're kind of giving hints of like yeah so this was going to happen and so you even know what's going to happen like you kind of know the story of what's going to happen before anything happens but it doesn't matter it's that's not the that's not what matters. Okay. It's the story, and it's and it's great. It is. It feels like, uh, uh, uh what, what's a, like you know they did what is it? Walk the line, and what are those called? Not biographies. Yes, yeah, uh, like mockumentary. Not well. It's not mockumentary. No, 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 no. But I, I can't think of what you, but like a biography, you know, biographical movie or something. It's along those lines, but it just feels like a real life band that existed, and so. Uh, the more the more episodes of this I watch, the more and uh, the more I enjoy it. It feels like is it based on like Fleetwood Mac or something? It feels very Fleetwood Macish. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But it feels like that it's probably a few different bands together. But there are definitely strong Fleetwood Mac vibes to it. Okay. Hey, you, fun fact before we move on. Uh, you know, Fleetwood Mac they they make their entire albums at their. Uh, uh, producer's house in Hawaii mm-hmm. and they'd stay there and they'd write it for you know a month until it was done and, what, and as, as you know all sleeping together <laughs> yeah <laughs> like they had just they all married each other and then divorced each other and then married the other band member yeah crazy um but the whole time the producer's like seven-year-old daughter was watching him and trying to learn how to play guitar because Fleetwood Mac was in her house yeah and she wanted to learn more about it grows up to be Colby Calais Oh really? Oh wow! Yeah, isn't that crazy? That is nuts. <laughs> she grew up with Fleetwood Mac in her house recording albums. Yeah, as a little girl, like that's wild. So, uh, good for her. Yeah, that's. Uh, you know what? There's a little Fun bit fact. of there's a little bit of that in this too. Um, that's yeah. why I wondered. I'm like, I wonder if there's going to be like that Colby Calais type person who grows up to be good on her own after. You know what I mean? Just because of that, that yeah. feel. Like, a lot of people love that story. I would say, like, of new shows you're going to start, I would say put this towards the top. It, I, I'm very enthralled with it. Okay, we'll do. Yeah. All right. Uh, next is Mandalorian. So I have not seen... We had a new episode, of course, drop today. Uh, I have not seen it yet. Um, this is... Uh, you know what? I'm not as drawn to it as I used to be. Now, the last episode... I don't even know if I finished the last episode. I think I did. Yeah, yeah, The Covenant, where it wasn't really Mandalorian at all. It was about um, the uh, Dr. Penn Pershing and Aliyah Kane and them oh, in Coruscant. Right. Now, I did think that this episode was interesting. I liked... So I kind of had to watch a bunch in a row because I was way behind. I watched the first one, and I think I missed the second one. And like I watched a few of them together. And some of the fight scenes, when they're in that cave, when they're on Mandalore, I was like, oh, God, these are these are like... Uh, it's too muppety like it's not great um and it's 
Pedro they really Pedro. want to stick to what's it called where they use practical. Yeah, which yeah, yeah, I understand, yeah. but some of them are just so it, like it takes you out of it just because some of it. It yeah. reminds me of the the motorcycle gang and um, yeah, and um, Boba Fett. Yeah, where it was just like, oh god, that's so like made no sense. Yeah, it's yeah. so bad. It kind of takes you out of it. Uh, and then a lot of it is Pedro Pascal shouting exposition at Gogu, uh, which I understand. Uh, I think I was thinking about this. I think you have a better enjoyment of it because you're getting to watch it with your son and experience it with your son. And I think that makes a huge difference from me just watching it by myself, you know, a middle-aged white guy. It absolutely does. It absolutely does. Because I already know, like, so many episodes are just, like, loosely based on some famous movie, you know. And there's so many things that, like, I'm like, oh, okay, I already know where this is all going to go. Because it's it's predictable. (laughs) It's It's not the most amazing show you've ever seen from a writing standpoint but as far as like an entry it's kind of you know what it is it's the new entry point for for young people in the star wars and new people in the star wars because it's a new character you don't have to know a million you know movies worth of backstory about him you're following along from the beginning and it's introducing you to areas of the world that are in other movies so it's just a good entry point i think but i agree that it's not like the best written show of all time yeah yeah, and I'm, it's not going to have me running to it uh, to watch. I don't have the excitement yeah. I did for Andor. Um, <laughs> My son wakes me up with the uh, theme song going do 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 Wednesday morning, and I'm like, oh god! I'm like, it's my alarm hasn't even gone yet, <laughs> and I hear the Mandalorian theme from upstairs and a little cackling, and I'm like, all right, he's excited. We're gonna. It's literally the only day a week he wakes up early. <laughs> I, I have to spend 20 minutes waking him up like he's a teenager right now, and he's, he's 11. And uh, But, yeah, Mandalorian days, he's up and ready to go. So, so yeah, I agree. I, I'm enjoying it a lot more because I'm kind of getting to live vicariously through his yeah. first time seeing these kinds of things. Which is awesome. So for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. But and, it, and, you know, I'm enjoying, like, some of the other stuff, like Katie Sackhoff's character. Like, some of that stuff's new, and I'm like, oh, that's fun. Like, and you, you got a little glimpse of the mythosaur, which is supposed to not be real. Yeah, um, they just took it from like a patch that was on Boba Fett's arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and you're like, okay, so what's that thing? And uh, yeah, I don't know. There, there's going to be more. There's going to be more Muppetish stuff. There's going to be more, you know, forced perspective. But there is, there is one thing that happens in the newest one that you're going to be like, oh hell yeah, okay, <laughs> that you're not expecting. And, uh, and and you'll call me after. Maybe. Maybe we'll talk next week. But there's a, there's a good scene. There's, All a, right. there's a really good scene. All right, fair enough. I did like the last week's... I thought it was kind of interesting. The doctor, who was the lead guy in cloning, um, is now a Coruscant. And clearly yeah. there they've got Elia Kane trying to get him to do work, secretive work for some kind of nefarious group. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and Moff Gideon or something. Is, do you, do you realize who she is too? I do not. So, um, uh, Kane you just saw her in a main role in another movie. Um, so she's you. You did see her as like a. a oh, she was an Ant Man. She's Ant Man. Oh, Jintora. oh, I thought you meant in Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, she was. Uh, yeah, yeah. Gentora. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she's that huge rip one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it turns out she's in real life. She's a uh, like in a martial arts expert and does. Uh, what's it called consulting for the movies and, and TV shows. She was pretty good. So in this. that's, that's, 
Yeah, that's how she got her start in this stuff. Is they're like, well, why don't you just get in front of the camera instead of showing us how to do all the action behind the camera? She's like, okay. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and they're like, you're you're pretty photogenic. Just just get up there. And uh, and yeah, she uh, she did a great job oh, in, in this one because she had a good speaking part. I mean, the last one in Ant Man she does too, but her character's dialogue doesn't have to mean that much. She just has to be a big warrior, you know. And in this one though, she had to have a little bit more to her because she's kind of like she was persuading is it Pershing Pershing yeah into uh into following her and believing her and all that kind of stuff and and uh yeah I think she did a really good job and I thought the episode was pretty cool yeah uh, especially yeah. The, the the graveyard what do they call it the uh the imperial graveyard yeah that was pretty bad that was pretty cool yeah no I this episode was kind of interesting I could use a little bit of a break I felt like um, from the other, from the just the well, because this whole thing is I got to get to the waters. I got to get to the waters. He got to the waters. Now he has to go back. And I was like, all right, I can use a break from that for a little bit. Um, I liked the yeah. This was an interesting view of Coruscant and kind of like the different ways. And it's this doctor, the Doctor Pershing, is an interesting character. The actor Omid Abtahi, he was Salim in American Gods, and I thought he did a really good job. That's yeah, the only other thing yeah. I remember him from, but I thought he did a good job in that. I think he's doing a good job. I'm intrigued by that storyline. Um, but still, I feel like in the Star Wars universe, there's nothing... I don't get excited like I do for Marvel. Like, there's nothing where I'm like, oh, I can't wait for that. Like, I'm just kind of... Maybe I'm not... I'm, I'm just not the target audience. Andor is really the only thing where I'm, I'm like, I have to watch that as soon as possible. Yes. I, I totally agree. And, and, and it's it's... They're making Star Wars more for kids. And what I think might be interesting is if they do purposely keep it that way for a little bit longer, have the Boba Fett, have this Clone Wars type stuff, whatever, all these things that they're making into like series, you know. Um, they've got the skeleton crew that's coming out from the guy who did the Spider-Man movies. Yeah. That I've got some hope for because I love that guy. Everything he's done has been great so yeah. far, John Watts. Yeah. Um, and, and I think he's doing King Dynasty, you know. Um, oh, I don't know. I think they brought him back for that. Uh, but anyway, um, that's going to involve, I think, kids as well would you law kind of uh, uh the the lone adult with them as they like hijack a, a ship out in the, in the which is the skeleton crew portion uh and uh and then maybe in like you know 15 years then you start making it into a little bit more darker cool movies that bring them all back together and then you've got that thing we had as as 20 you know as, as marvel came out we we're like that's the thing from my childhood you know yeah <laughs> and they're making it good it's not just dumb <laughs> you know they're making it good that could be something that yeah this could be their childhood stuff that that becomes a cool thing when they're a little bit older i don't know maybe all right but i agree with you um let's move on so fine uh, yeah because we, we we've got more stuff to talk about and mandalorian is you're either already watching it you're not you're in or you're out um perry mason you need to be in on go back watch the first season do yourself a Mm -hmm. favor get through the first episode the first episode is a little gritty it was a little weird yeah Yeah. it was it's it's a tougher one but then after that it picks up a lot more and i'll be honest uh so i went i went back and watched the finale of season one before i watched this season because it's been three years since uh i think it's might have been more than that so this premiered march 6 2023 for season one the finale of the last one was August 9th, 2020. So almost three years. And um, man, it picks up not too long afterwards. I mean, a little while, but it's 
it's i mean i'm right back into it it's so good andy like this is one of my favorite shows on right now i loved the first one i thought it ended so well and the way that they set up i've only seen two episodes i did not see the one that came out on monday uh, i'm probably gonna watch that hopefully today or tomorrow oh my god it's so it's so good yeah I, I i blew through the first two episodes and man this is i love this show so much like the cast is it's unreal that they got this cast and that this show is this good. I have to agree with you. And, uh, yeah, I think that, um, I think that you're really going to love the new episode. <laughs> I'm, I, <laughs> I probably, mean, I can't imagine yeah. I wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, you're going to love it, man. Um, and Catherine Waterston is finally part of the show as of the new episode. And, uh, uh, Eric Lang. Yeah. All these, all these like smaller characters start shining a little bit more. Uh, from the first season, so there, there's going to be a lot of good stuff that that comes, and and I think I think the thing that everybody's just got to appreciate is Chris Chalk having him in this show because mm-hmm. he plays Paul Drake and he is phenomenal. Uh, Juliet Rylance too. You know, I was going to say both of them last year. This season though feels like the season of Chris Chalk. I, I could be wrong, mm-hmm. but uh, I think you're going to. I think the world's gonna gonna know who that guy is here pretty soon. Yeah, he's pretty phenomenal. Because I've um, seen him in things, but I didn't know his name. Yeah, yeah. Could have paid, paid, paid me anything, and I wouldn't have been able to tell you. Yeah, but, uh, I'm glad they brought back Eric Lang as Detective Holcomb. That guy's super underrated. Justin Kirk is the DA. Hamilton Berger, who's phenomenal. Um, uh, Paul Racy from Coda. Uh, they brought in as the uh, Lydell McCutcheon, who is a the father i mean i don't know how you describe it but he's 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 a big to do uh he's a (laughs) big business guy um his son brooks mccutcheon seems like the all-american boy you know the two boys the you know doing all these things trying to bring Uh a uh a a, a, a baseball team to la and but he's got some issues there's some debts and some things they got to get around and i don't want to go too far into if people haven't started the show yet uh or at least this season um, but it, that's going to be interesting. I, I had not seen Coda, but I kept hearing amazing things about Paul Racy so far. He's been phenomenal in this. Sean Astin, uh, plays, uh, kind of, a plays a huge jerk, uh, and, a you yeah, know, yeah. uh, shopping market who eventually wants to be a guru. And, um, I, I'm interested. Molly Ephraim seemed, they've kind of seemed to just like not include her at all. And they are bringing in. Jen Tullock no, she's out as the love affair. She is out. I mean, I mean, they've they're going out of their way to not show anything that's happening. I mean, they might show her again later. Like they kind so of far. they showed uh, Juliet Rylance kind of she was doing something late at night and she kind of looks mm-hmm. to the bed like to to suggest that Molly Ephraim's there. That, but yeah, well, I always thought she was super talented. I'm kind of under. Uh, it's weird that they've kind of pushed her out. Maybe she had some scheduling conflict. But it also seems like they, yeah, it's probably just that, or or she wanted a fortune in money, or you know who knows. But yeah, for some reason. Oh, you know what? She's got a big part in a league of their own that just came out, and so that could have been it. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is, and and and, yeah, I mean, good for her. But uh, but yeah, and they apparently wrote this part. um, Okay, so after the episodes. If you watch like two minutes into the credits, yeah, um, they have those deals, you know, the kind of behind the scene deals where the uh, the producers and the directors and everybody will, will talk about 
what they did in that episode and why, mm-hmm. it's really worth watching. Okay. It's like five minutes, and it's after every episode. And sometimes it'll it'll clue you into a subtle thing that you may not have even caught. You know what I mean? And you're like, oh, yeah, great, great, great move. You know what I mean? To have done that. Uh, and uh, uh, But they talk a little bit about the real-life person that they based uh, uh, the new the new love interest characters. Um, Jean- Anita St. Pierre. St. Pierre, yeah. She's based off uh, a real, uh, I want to say producer in Hollywood. Okay. And, uh, yeah, and so they explain why they did it and why they cast her and all that. And it's actually, uh, I believe it's Robert Downey Jr.'s wife uh, who's doing the, who does it in this one. Jen Tullock? No, 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 no. Uh, Robert Downey and his wife uh, are the executive producers of Perry Mason. Oh, I didn't realize that. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, they've they've been doing really well with their production company, and, and this was this was one of them. Uh, oh wow, one of their shows. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, like, apparently you can have it all, <laughs> and because uh, Robert County, good good guy. I mean, that makes sense. Uh, he's a yeah, he's a bright guy. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, so he's got, I want to say, like, I don't know, to be conservative, seventy five projects in the pipeline. <laughs> Uh, as a producer like for real so uh yeah yeah good for him yeah he's got a lot of things yeah i see he's producer on perry mason sweet tooth the show on netflix which looks weird yeah my my son likes that okay it was it was pretty good the thing was like i think it's been over two years since season one yeah you haven't aired yet boy they like taking Uh, their time yeah he's producing on Constance, Untitled John Brinkley, Biopic, Head Full of Ghosts, Helltown, The Sympathizer, Play Dirty, and Lure. A lot of things coming up. Good God. Yeah. Okay. Well, he, he did, you know, some little things like Doolittle. He did The Judge, which was actually a, a good movie back in 2014. But, yeah, I know he's yeah. outside of Perry Mason and Sweet Tooth. I, none of his things have come out yet, but he's been working on some of these for a long time. If you look at the in development, my God, it's it's literally like 15 more movies. Um, that are in development uh, and then in production is the ones you just said that yeah. he's in the middle of lure i think is the one that's uh i've heard a lot about and uh in whatever you want to call it hollywood <laughs> okay interesting uh, been talking about it yeah. all right yeah if you're not watching perry mason get on it because it's great um the next yep. one you're probably watching we've got three left i know this is a long podcast but we've been gone for a while uh we have the return of ted lasso so lauren and i went back and we binge like all of season two in about i think a day and a half um and uh because this is the final season of ted lasso um a lot of it seems to mirror um jason sudeikis's real life and that he's having to film over in england you know like what am i doing here i miss my kid and um so it's kind of that, and I think eventually he goes back, and you know, to be to Kansas to be with his kid. Now, how, what path takes him there is gonna be interesting. Of course, Nate uh, is over at West Ham and is the coach for Rebecca's ex-husband, who she so loathes. Um, the team is expected to finish dead last in the Premier League. Um, I don't know much about soccer, but. Um, apparently that happens a lot. Uh, they got a lot of yeah, people back. Eighty percent of the time, yeah, uh, the team that gets uh, yeah promoted is in that ends up being relegated the next year, which makes sense. Yeah, they don't have any of the of uh, the resources that the other Premier League teams have. So, yeah, so they get bumped up and they're allowed to have a bigger salary cap. So 
makes perfect sense. I didn't. I forgot that Roy and uh, Keeley broke up in season two, and I'm like, oh, why? They didn't. Yeah, they did. Did they? Yeah, because they even talk about it in the beginning of this one. I knew they talked about it in this one. I didn't know that they'd that they'd done that at the end of the second season. Yeah, okay. I mean, they basically broke up. They were just. I mean, it was kind of like they didn't talk about it a ton, but basically they had broken up. Um, and okay, then this one, they're, yeah, they're talking to uh, Roy's niece about it. Um, Keely has gone on and opened up her own PR firm. She's a little freaked out because it's a lot of pressure, of course. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, it picks up with the same... It, it just feels like a continuation. Although, Jamie's hair looks ridiculous. Which one? Jamie. Jamie Tart. Oh, yeah, yeah. God, I, didn't, I don't remember even seeing it. But yeah, you're right. You're it's, right. He's got a butt cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With oh. highlights. <laughs> Maybe he had to do it for another show. Right. Yeah, I mean, it makes but, sense uh, for the character, <laughs> but yeah. Probably not. Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah I'm, I'm, I'm with it. You know, uh, I, I'm interested in this season... Uh, it's obviously very notoriously going to be the final season. Mm-hmm. Um, he did go out of his way to people who were freaking out about it, saying that you know there there is room for spinoffs potentially uh, down the line. Not maybe yeah. not right away, but yeah. you know there there's been conversations about is there anything natural that makes sense to to have, or is there a reason to tell it? You know. Yeah. Um, so we'll see how all that goes, but I, I wouldn't expect it in the next year or so, maybe two years now. Uh, but uh, you know, he kind of he talks about after the show in an interview. He's like, you know, the scene that was really important to me is the scene where his son calls him on the phone, and he said, you know, me as an actor, and when there's people that are like, you know, as an actor, you have to go away for three months at a time to film a movie and come back, and your kids really have to understand what you're doing and why, and that it's a it's a it's, it pays for your lifestyle, and it's important that we go do this, you know. And he goes, same with people who are traveling salesmen, and even more so people in the military. Like the kids have to understand and be be explained to why it's so important these people are gone for that long they're making a living or saving the world whatever um he's like but i like that ted lasso got to say that to his son but then here's son's response to why it was important being yeah you have to win you're you're there to win it all yeah like that's not where ted's been coming from at all yeah (laughs) that's not what was been important to yeah son's like no what's important is that you win and he's like well it's not, it doesn't matter if you win or lose. He's like, yeah, but you have to try, Dad. And he's like, huh. And, yeah. and obviously Rebecca wants him to win, but she wants him to win for the wrong reasons, right? yeah. just to beat her, her jerk ex-husband. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's going to be about, like, do, does Richmond win and get to become part of the Premier League here? And if they do, why? Like, like where does it matter? When, when, is, uh, when are you, you know, is it when it all costs? Like it, like a uh, Nate is going to do, uh, is clearly coming from that perspective of when it all costs, or is it? And I like, by the way, Nate's panic attack. I thought that was really yeah, because it kind of rep- you know shows like Ted Lasso had panic attacks too, you know, and uh, it kind of lets him see where Ted Lasso is coming from, uh, and running the team and the pressure that's mounting and all that. So, but what it also and- showed, and at the end when he spits, because he kind of did that when he was upset with himself uh, in season two. He goes into yes. a bathroom and he's like freaking out and he spits in the mm-hmm. mirror. So his is coming from a place of hate. Hate and stress. It's hate and stress. Yeah. Because like, remember when he spit in the mirror, it's because he's panicked about his dad's opinion of him. Yep. And then the public's when he'd always scan tw- uh, Twitter or whatever. Yeah. And whatever they call that version of it. And uh, and now he's back to doing that. Like he didn't care as much 
last year and then and then and then now he's back to it so uh yeah i i really am interested in the development of him because the two things the biggest difference between nate and ted lasso are their bosses right one's got a boss that's acting really nice buying him a car helping him look the part and be the part that he always wanted to be but he's going to put insane pressure on him and he doesn't care what it takes yeah. whereas rebecca's being you know she's like i want you to win Playtime's over. It's time for you to care, and I want to beat him. You know, I'm not going to let him win. But um, but Ted Lasso trying to come from a place of heart. So uh, that sewer scene was amazing. But uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. No, um, I love it. Yeah, I mean, if you're not on the Ted Lasso bandwagon now, not going to be. You yeah. well, or you should jump on because it is delightful uh, and it's yeah. very bingeable. You can catch up in probably a weekend if you if you really wanted to. Um, so next one, so we got the premiere of a new show on AMC. There's two that I actually want to watch. Um, there's Lucky Hank, the one we're about to talk about. And then there's that dirty black bag, uh, which I think all eight of the episodes of that show are already out. Um, and Lucky Hank just started. I have not watched this yet. I'm intrigued. I intend to, um, it is an English department chairman at an unfunded, underfunded college. Professor Hank Devereaux toes the line between midlife crisis and full-blown meltdown, navigating the offbeat chaos in his personal and professional life. Oh, Paul Liberstein is one of the creators of this. Uh, he is uh, Toby from The Office. Uh, it stars Bob Odenkirk and Oscar Nunez is in it. And Cedric Yarbrough, I like Cedric Yarbrough. Diedrich Bader, love me some Diedrich Bader. Um, I don't know anyone else. Suzanne Cryer. Oh, Suzanne Cryer was in um, Silicon Valley as Lori Beam. I loved her in that. But it looks like they're all just okay. in it for small episodes. Uh, you saw the first episode. What'd you think? Uh, I'm not gonna tell you anything about it. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I want you to watch it. Uh, I'm not. I'm not gonna tell you anything about it. Okay. Um, it's it's definitely gonna be different. Okay. You know what I mean? And and I don't mean that in a bad way either. Like it's just not like anything you've ever seen. Um Okay. And I think that's good. Okay. Yeah. All we'll, right. We'll see. But but I want to get a couple more episodes in before we talk about it. All right. So, well you you um, put it on yeah. the docket, so I figured you wanted to talk about it. Yeah, no, it was good. I wanted to I wanted to bring your attention to it. Okay. Because I didn't even know it existed. I yeah. Mean, and, and this kind of goes back to not having cable anymore. That's what that's why I mentioned AMC as being one of those like big four or five where it's like I don't know about it now because I don't see the commercials every day for it. Yeah. Up to it. So I somehow I didn't even know. I think I heard that he was making another show for AMC. Um, but I was more interested in the fact that I think Vincent Gilligan is in the uh, process of making another show with Rhea, Rhea Seahorn. Ooh, um, ooh I like that. Specifically, and he wrote specifically for her in the in the final season of, of uh, uh, Better Call Saul. So right. I think my attention was on that, and I forgot that that Odenkirk was filming something else. So uh, yeah, watch it. It's it's very different, but I enjoyed it. I'll give you that much. I enjoyed it, but uh, I don't know what it's going to be or where it's going to go. There's a lot of potential for it kind of doing anything. And I will say, I think Muriel Enos is somehow still criminally underrated okay. uh and i think she's gonna i think she's finally gonna have a, a time to really shine in the show okay fair enough um all right let's get to it last of us the finale let's do it you texted me 
Uh, yeah, if you Nobody... haven't, if, if you're not caught up, just stop the podcast now because this is the last thing on the docket. But um, you texted me when you saw it. I didn't get to see. It. I was in Houston uh, on that Sunday, and you texted me like, "I never played the video game, but I'm pretty sure they changed it for the end." And they did not. I mean, it is. Yeah, they've added a few things. Uh, a few of the episodes uh, have God mode rage. So, <laughs> well, the long, long time, the one with um, uh, Bill and Frank. Um, yeah, that yeah. one is not so that's just a character Bill's just a right. character you come across in the video game and Frank you don't even right. like you, they just allude to him um, they, but they, they give him a whole episode see, I thought they said like I watched I, I've been watching the same thing that after Last of Us they have that five minutes of, mm-hmm. of directors talking about this episode I think they said something about don't you see like Frank Skeleton in the bed or yeah something? yeah you see Frank yeah, Skeleton like, I forget he's, where he's yeah but you come across him and Bill's kind of lost yeah. it a little bit um, this was yeah. better, but like you don't really get like Bill's a character that shows up and you know and helps you out a bit, but that's about it. But you got a whole episode, one of the best episodes um, of the series. Of the series, yeah. Um, there's also really Left Behind, the one where Ellie goes back, and uh, the one with Storm Reed, uh, where it's Ellie and Riley. And yeah, I didn't realize this. That was a DLC that had come out that I just I just never played it. Um, Oh, really? I think it's called Left Behind, yeah. And um, so this actually follows the game very, 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 very closely. Like they've they've adjusted a few things, they've added it, taken away, given some characters a little bit more depth. Depth, but they actually took out a lot of the zombies on this because they wanted to. There's a lot of zombie shows, and they wanted to like set up the storyline of The Last of Us is what makes it so great. Uh, If you love the show, man, go. You can get a PlayStation 4 for probably pretty cheap, and you can go get the game, uh, which has been remastered from PS3, and play it, and it's amazing, and you'll probably like the second. Maybe you'll like the second game. There's a lot of conflicting uh, discussion on <laughs> that, and there, yeah, it's it's also incredibly long. Like, the first game was good, um, and it was, like, an appropriate amount of time, it seemed, um, but the second one is, like, twice as long and has a lot of things i don't want to talk about that too much i hear they're going to change it for season some stuff for season two which i i hope they do yeah tell me nothing yeah Yeah. (laughs) the the changes that i think they're going to make i hope they do because it would make sense um yeah after but if you want to man go play season two you could pick up season two of the video game or the second video game and completely understand what's going on after watching the show Okay, I might I might think about doing it. So, uh, so the reason I texted you that just you know, so I don't want to sound like I didn't enjoy the ending. I thought the ending was fantastic. Yeah. But I'd also heard that it was like one of the most gut wrenchingly sad video game endings ever. Yeah. And, what, and part of what made it so such an amazing thing. And so when he goes on that, <laughs> the director is actually the one who called it <laughs> going God mode. Yeah. Uh, killing everybody in the in the hospital. He's like, he's like, which we actually even toned down from the video game a little bit, <laughs> although he still went, you know. I mean, he, he kills anyway. like 40 or 50 people in the game, at least. Yeah, yeah. And this one, it's like, you know, 15 or something. But, yeah. uh, uh, but they're like, well, not them. Uh, when I watched it, I was thinking, you know, when, when you when you figure out that what they're doing and why they wanted her really was to uh, to cut her open, and, or that they're gonna have to kill her to get the deal. Yeah, because it's uh, it, the the the, the, yeah. the cordyceps or whatever they call them. They, it 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 yeah. starts in the brain, and so they have to basically take her brain. Um, there's uh, there's also a great 
explanation of a bunch of stuff on Screen Crush. You and I both, both, both really like watching his videos, and he does like a great what yep. did, what did what Joel did is it right or wrong? So if you check that out after you get done listening oh, yeah. to this, yeah. yeah, I mean that's and and I, I honestly like I don't want to know his opinion because that's part of what makes it so amazing mm-hmm. is I mean you kind of know it's it's right for him in a selfish way, but it's wrong for her. Because she was willing to be selfless, and he didn't allow her to be, um, because of what happened to him with his daughter. So yeah. it was, uh, yeah. It's like you understand why he did it, but it probably, it definitely wasn't the right thing for the world. No, <laughs> uh, he did what felt right to him. So that that was amazing. I love the ending for that reason. But I kept thinking again, based on like everybody saying how gunrushingly sad it was, I was like, oh, I wonder if in the video game he doesn't make it in time yeah. and that, and she dies and that would be extremely gut wrenching, you know, uh, that, but, but that she saved the world anyway by sacrificing herself. And then I thought I, if that had happened in the game and then they let her live in the, in the show <laughs> so that she could be in season two, I was like, Oh God, if that's what happened, people are going to burn down HBO. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like faithful from the game. Like, oh my God, that's what made it so great. And she died on the operating table and blah, blah, blah. And you, and you, and you made her live. Cause you can't, you know, I just, I was like, Oh God, this is going to be all hell breaking loose. If, S- if that's what had happened, sad, you know, but it wasn't sad is a bad adjective for the finale of the, the game, the show, whatever you're talking about. Emotional. Yeah. I think emotional is a good, because it is. And when you get done playing this game, and the credits start rolling, like you just sit there, like open mouth, like you can't, you yeah. don't move. You put the like you like you sit there with the controlling your hands, and you're just sitting there, and you process for like five to ten minutes. You're just sitting there, like it's one of those like where you see a movie, and then you can't stop thinking about it the whole rest of the week, and you're just like process. It just takes you forever to process it. That's what this is, and that's what made this. The story is just phenomenal, um, and so. The second one, I love that conflict of an ending. Like, yeah, I do. I do too. Because it was wrong. Told- what he did was wrong. Because not only, but but it, the thing is, he, he kind of doomed, and uh, he kind of doomed the whole you know this apocalyptic world of future. You know, now Ellie has to live in the world that could have been without these things, or maybe the fireflies. I mean, they've already been run out of Colorado. You, they're in some like makeshift situation there. You don't know if they can actually uh, process a cure. And what's crazy is they didn't even bother taking a few blood samples off the bat from her. They were like, nope, let's kill her immediately. Uh, the one thing that can save us, let's kill her immediately instead of doing a bunch of tests. So the Fireflies, who are also incredibly violent, maybe for a reason, but are incredibly violent and um, reactionary, Maybe they're not the best ones to be handling this. You know, they're making jump to conclusions because of they're so there's that possible hope, and they're just trying to get to it as soon as possible. So that, that's the thing is, maybe they could have never done anything. Maybe Joel saving her was the best thing because they would have just killed her for no purpose whatsoever. Uh, but he slaughtered all those people too. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, he really did. <laughs> a lot of people that you get the feeling from, you know, uh, uh, the mall episode 
that most of the fireflies are good people. Storm Reed was a firefly, you know. She so, was, yeah. but she was not as indoctrinated. She was like a newbie. Still, I would say, I mean, she a neophyte. She's not show, really, yeah. Not not playing the game again, from that point of view. Like I've seen nothing to show me that fireflies are bad. In fact, I've seen that maybe they're good. Yeah. Uh, and, and so far, you know what I mean. Like it feels like there's two groups of people warring. And they're kind of both right. Like like the, like you get the people trying to create a, a civilization, you know, some kind of sense of order and, and hierarchy so that they can have, you know, a, a normal civilized society to a degree. You know, it's gonna be problematic, but whatever. And then the fireflies are kinda of like, No. <laughs> you're not you're not the boss of me. You know, like we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna live on our own and do our own thing and try to survive the best way we can. And uh, I mean that's just the, the outsider's point of view. I feel like they didn't do a good I think they intentionally left it kind of vague as to the politics of the Fireflies versus Fedra. Yeah, which is from, what they from, do from in the video game too. Like a Fedra is clearly yeah, okay. like a, um, like the the you know the Empire or something from Star Wars. Like they're you're trying to you're sacrificing, um, freedom for security to the nth degree with yeah. on that side. Yeah. Whereas yeah, the fireflies are like, no, we need to be free. But at the same time, they have these strict rules. They're very violent. It's very them or us. And so, yeah, yeah. it's, yeah, you're conflicted in between. But, uh, but what Joel did was selfishly for Joel. He couldn't go through it again of losing another daughter. And so what he did was yeah. wrong, but maybe the outcome is for the best or maybe it's not. You'll just, there's so much ambiguity to it. Oh man, and the and the scene of just like them basically telling each other "I love you" was like yeah. so emotional. <laughs> yeah, they're like God, they did so well, not allowing them to say anything like that to each other the entire series, so they could save it for that final scene right before, of course, the worst happens. And yeah. I mean, he just told her "I love you" like in his conscious hours, like an hour ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, you woke up in the hospital later, of course, but uh, consciously, it was like an hour ago. Yeah. So, um, Unreal show. Cannot wait for season two. Uh, and at the same time, if it ended there, I'd be okay. Yeah, that's the thing. Well, that, that the thing is, the video game. What, that, like you didn't. This came out on PlayStation Three, and they remade it for PlayStation Four. And then it wasn't towards the end of the PlayStation Four's life cycle that the sequel came out. Like the sequel came out. I mean, within the last five years, I think. Um, so it's been a long... They had a long time in between. Um, now, let me let me throw one thing out. Again, and again, understandably, this comes from the TV's perspective, not playing the game. I think it would have been good to have one more episode between the last two. Because the, the second to last one was like the, the cannibal group. The, yeah, where the guy tried to like rape her. Yeah, that's and a that's a boss fight. That's a boss fight in the game. Yeah, right. Yeah, like straight up boss fight. Like that was so emotionally charged, and she is going through it. Yeah. You know that I feel like a little bit, a little bit of time for her to process that on their way to where they were going to go. Like even if it had been a little time passage, but I don't know. I felt like a little bit of break between those two things, like would have helped a little bit. No, that's the point, though. That's right. the point is she just got done with that, this ter terribly traumatic thing, and you have to push on. Yeah, no, I, I guess you had to push on. I just, I, I feel like it was rushed into the into the decision-making process of, you know, what's going on. Like, 
you, you she had, she made the comment about like she made a comment about sacrificing. I'm trying to remember the the words she used about uh, we can't stop here. Yeah, because I have percent, to know that it was all worth it because she's lost all the like she's lost yeah. Tess and Riley yeah. and all these people, and so it has yeah. to be for something. For, yeah, and then he t- he robs her of that. Yeah, like that was in, oh yeah. In a way, right? What he did like, was he, he selfish. Yeah, I, I wanted like another. I guess that's where I was going. Is like I would have liked another like ten minutes of marinating in her coming up to that call with him. That like that's this is what I want. Like to make it worth it. Like I, there has to be an end. So, yeah, I I love that part of it. But uh, yeah. I guess I mean I don't know. Fun. I thought I thought that was succinct. Yeah, I don't have I don't I, I didn't need to marinate. She made her point and then they moved on. I was fine with it. Uh, what would you give just, this? Uh, I mean, man, nine nine point two. Yeah. Nine point two. Yeah, I, I give mean, it a, I, a for because I played the perfect. video game and the and how very few adaptation video game adaptations have done well. I give this a ten. Like they 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 not only did they okay. do the video game just right, I felt like they improved upon it in certain points. Uh, they cut out some some unnecessary stuff at certain points. Um, but like, there's nothing like there was no part of it where I was like, oh, they really messed up there. Like this yeah, is incredible. Absolutely. This is the you understand in the video game community. This is like one of the greatest video games of all time, and you're going to make a live action version of it. Like that is like there's no. You've got like a two point deduction just based off that fact of alone going into this. At least, if not three, just on the fact that we're going to try and make a live action version of this, and to have succeeded. And a lot to, and you like we always say, what did it set out to be? Did it complete it? And how and that's what you're you're rating it based on. They set out to do a live action version of the one of the greatest, in my opinion, the greatest video game of all time, uh, at least story driven video game of all time. And they knocked it out of the park by taking a few liberties, which was impressive. Yeah. I would give this a ten. I don't have anything that I would have added or taken away. It was perfectly cast. Uh, the pacing was right on the money. Um, and I tell you what, I would recommend. Even though you just saw this, man, go get a PlayStation 4. You can get them for pretty cheap. Our buddy, buddy Parker can probably hook you up with a, a good one. And go play The Last of Us. And then go play the second one and see what you feel about that one. Um, because that'd be interesting. Uh, so this one, IMDb gives it a 9.0, which is a 10.0 in the real world. Um, and I'm going to give you two scores and you tell me what you think. 96 and 89. Oh, God. Uh... Oof, is it 96 critics? It is. Man, I can't I thought oh, well. I had you on that one. Uh but you know what? That's... The the scene where there's two gay guys got downvoted got downvoted yeah. into oblivion, but still got an eight uh an IMDB for like equality. So I'm guessing that's where it... that was the best episode. It was, yeah. God, people suck. All right. Yeah. Eh, whatever. Uh all right. Yeah. Well, Ridiculous. It is what it is. Um, uh we will I heard shrinking had the same problem. Yeah, um, that's ridiculous too. That that show just—I tell you what—that shrinking and Ted Lasso, I feel, are on even keel. Oh, we didn't even talk about shrinking yet. <laughs> well, we have the finale yep. coming out on Friday, so we'll talk about it next week. But uh, yep. speaking of which, we will try and have another episode. We've got a ton of coming soon. Uh, we also have some news and trailers, and then a ton of football stuff to talk about on the other podcast if you're interested. Uh, but until next time, catchphrase. What do you retort?